Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, thanks for joining us on Extreme Ash Cutting the Curve. Talking about fertility changes, we're talking about fertility budget, we're talking about how you might make some wholesale changes to how you treat fertility and fertilizer applications on your farming operation for bigger results or for tighter budgets or bigger bang for your buck. Got Matt and Lane Miles McGee, Arkansas on here. Kind of an interesting story. Uh, we spoke about this at a couple of different live uh, panel events that we've done, but if you didn't catch those, you'll be interested to know. Probably the biggest fertilizer changes amongst the extreme ag producers has happened at miles farms matt sort of sheepishly admits hey i guess i was not an early adopter in the old days you know what i did i went out there and put out dry fertilizer on all my acres it was easy it's what always worked spread out my labor and i've learned that now there's a better way to get more efficient with your fertilizer applications so i guess give me a little background on that matt and then we're going to go to uh the next generation that's uh saying come on now let's keep uh let's keep uh trying new stuff and uh, reducing our fertilizer so the way you did it as recently as five years ago was kind of old school yeah yeah i mean it was old school it was easy uh you know and, and easy is not always the best but you know i basically i guess i would say through extreme ag and watching some of the things that that my other the other guys that i'm in here with were doing you know, I was doing it wrong, you know, from, from planter set up all the way to fertility. Easy is not always best. And, and we've, we've converted over to liquid for the most part. And that's something we'll talk about later on in this podcast, but we converted over to liquid, feel like our yields have picked up. And uh, I mean, it's, it's more trouble. It takes a lot more equipment to do it, but I think in the end, we're happier with our, our bank account. Lane, one of the reasons that uh, your dad offered was, uh, I've heard about the planting. Until I came to McGee, Arkansas, I didn't know there was a three-point attached hit uh, planter. I thought planters got pulled, not uh, not hooked up. So one of the reasons that I think I heard offered was there's a lot of stuff going on at time of planting, and for that unit to be you know on the hooked onto the back of a tractor, not being pulled, but on a three-point, maybe that was one of the reasons limiting the number of things that had to happen at time of planting. Is that one of the reasons you stayed away from a lot of liquid fertilizer at time of planting? Uh, yeah. And, and most, mostly is, you know, we, we, we've adapted into the, uh, in but it was a lot harder for us to adapt into the two by two and to be able to run our starters in the two by two. And most of that is because of being three point hitch, uh, we can't carry the gallons. So everything's got to be carried on the tractor. So if you if you look at those guys in the Midwest or Chad over there in Alabama, anybody that's not for irrigating, they're pulling their planter. There's tanks strapped everywhere. Uh, some guys are pulling tanks. Some some of them have got them strapped all over their planters, and we can't do that because we're stack fold three point hitch. That's our biggest limiting factor. Limit limit limiting factor. I like it. 
Uh, so answer me this. You made the change here a few years ago. You've been pushed along by the uh, by the influences of our peers in Extreme Ag, and you've then backed off on the amount of dry. You still use dry because you want to keep base fertility up, right? So you you now are in a in a hybrid, if you will. You mix you you have dry and then you do liquid, right? Well, yeah, we we do dry on our on our P and K. Actually, we do chicken litter, poultry litter. So we put out a very limited amount of, of potassium. Uh, most of our, our P and K needs are, are met through the litter. So let's talk about nitrogen. So we went from all dry to all liquid. And because it, that, it's just more efficient, there's no question it's more efficient. I knew that when I was, you know, before I changed, but it was more trouble too. Efficient, it's more efficient to the plant. It's less efficient to the farmer. You know, we can go out with a, but Lane used to run, we had a big, nice spreader truck. He ran it 100% of the time, and he could get 800 to 1,000 acres a day. And with a wide drop machine, we can get about three to 400. So, you know, half the time you're getting your fertilizer out. But what, what we've learned is sometimes it's better to slow down. Mm -hmm. you know, slow down, smell the roses. We're still worried about those hurricanes, but the crop's already planted. Now, this year will definitely be a hybrid because we started figuring out the difference in uh, urea nitrogen and ammonia sulfate nitrogen versus UAN 28005 was a comparison about 50 bucks an acre for the total crop less money to use dry than it was to use liquid we feel like we're getting let's just say on the low side we're getting 10 bushel an acre so six dollar corn that's 60 so we're going to beat that by ten dollars we figured out we're the most efficient place that the nitrogen needed to be used to be liquid. So what we're doing is we're liquid pre-plant and then we're dry on our first side dress. That's the first side dress is the least most important application we have. You can, you can screw that up and you still be okay. Cause you can, you put, you put some out to begin with and you can correct it on the back end. Well, I, I, I like that. So the first, that's a lot of words. The first side dress is the least, most important application of the season. Is that what I kind of heard? For us, yes. <laughs> All right. You either got plenty out when you start, you know, you're, you're, look, you're monitoring this with tissue samples and visual look at the plants. But that middle application can be repaired by the, the third application or even the fourth, you know, if we do a pre-tassel. So that one there is the one that can be the least most efficient. So what we did as a hybrid, we're going to save $25 an acre and still get the majority of it out liquid. And we feel like that we're not going to lose any yield, if any, maybe a couple of bushel. So it's going to be a win-win on both sides. And one of the one of the biggest things with, with our, our first side dress is we don't add all the, what you would call the extras into with that side dress so we're able to put with our second y drop is why we call it the most important important is we can correct any kind of nitrogen we feel like we need to finish out the season but we can also add in any of those extras uh whether or not we need a little bit more p a little bit more k sulfur neutral charge whatever uh we can add those into into that y drop to keep you know keep going along the rest of the season because that's when the plant requires the most of it. By the time we put our last side dress on, just past that is when the plant really starts pumping these nitrogen, these 
nutrients into itself to make that, you know, to make that, fill that ear out. So Lane's 100% right. With the liquid, we're able to do additives that we can't do with dry. And so that's where I say that that middle one there, we've already added the the snake oils, as people call them. Our products, we think, really work well. Pre The, biolog the biologicals. All right, so you've done that in furrow. Or you and do some wide drop stuff, right. All right, let's talk about one of the things here is on fertilizer budget. Okay, you use some stuff from AgroLiquid. Um, you put it in furrow, you put it in a wide drop. And we're talking about on corn. Uh, yeah. So we, we're using this, we're, we're doing, how many fertility applications are we talking about? And are you spending more money? So let's talk about how many applications and are you spending more money? Or by changing your approach, are you actually reducing fertility spend? How many fertility applications total? Yes. I mean, we've got three to four nitrogen applications depending we've been doing four but we're trying to kind of reduce that uh and we do one two at least two uh micro type fertility applications over the top foliar okay we're going underneath it with liquid we're going over the top with liquid both can be supplied by agri-liquids on any of the products that that a guy wants to use are you spending a bunch of, so then the next time the person is going to say, wait a minute, man, I go out there just like Matt, I put on a bunch of dry stuff and then I put a little bit of stuff in at, in, at time of planting and furrow and then I'm done and I do fine and I don't break the bank on fertility. Are you breaking the bank on fertility? We're probably breaking the bank on fertility, but we're picking it up in, in ROI with yields. Do we spend more on our corn than other people around, around local? Yes. But but we get that we feel like we get that money back. Now, if a hurricane comes through and blows it down, they're in way better shape than we are. But you can't look at the bad all the time. You've got to look at uh, you've got to strive for the end goal, and that's what we do. Most bushels we can for the least amount of money. Are we putting a lot of per acre cost in our corn? Yes, but we're getting that return back on it also. High risk, high reward. Well, it's not really high risk. It's only high risk, like you said, if your entire crop gets blown down by a hurricane every year. And you've had hurricane issues. You've had hurricane issues, you said in a previous recording, like three of the last 10 years or something. But it wasn't hurricane issues where you had a complete loss, right? No. And you've got to also, you got to realize with us is like where Chad, Chad has to treat, and I'm sure Kevin does also, uh, they have to treat their dry land different. Chad made 25 bushel an acre, 60 bushel an acre on his dry land last year. In a normal year, he's going to make 150 to 170. So he can't risk that on a on a non-irrigated piece like we can because we're 100% irrigated. Yeah, we don't have the water there. Yeah, you you don't have any acre that uh, isn't irrigated, so that's a non-factor. Your factor is uh, when we talked previously, time of planting if you have a weather problem, and then before you can get it harvested if a hurricane blows up from the Gulf. That's that's your it's. A dry summer, it don't matter. Your stuff's all irrigated. So you can spend, so you spend more, but then like I said, that's the question I've I've had the I've had the people ask me, hey, these guys you work with, they get huge yields, but uh hell, they just blow it all, you know, they're spending for all that. And you'd say, no, nah, well, yeah, we're spending more than the guy down the road, but we're also getting a huge exponential return on that. Yeah, man, we get that all the time as we're spending, you know, we're we're throwing the kitchen sink at it. We're doing this, we're doing that. There's never anything I would ever recommend to a member, non-member, to the ag community 
if I didn't think you could pay for it. Now, is there some contest fields out there that people probably overspend on? Maybe, but I'm of the camp that if I can't take that, what I'm doing in that high yield plot and, and apply it to your neighbor down the road and him make money off of it, what's the use of doing it? Yeah, I can get a high yield, but who am I helping with that? What am I, what am I, what am I showing? So not that I don't try to get the high yields on the plot. Yeah, right. But it's very important to our farming operation that the normal farmer, which we want to be the normal farmer, we want everybody to be normal yeah. farmer. But the, the the regular guy that don't want to spend too much money, I mean, if if I give you, if you give me a hundred dollars and I give you a hundred and ten dollars back, you'll do that every single day, right? Yep. And that's only ten percent. Yeah, that's only a ten percent return. And the point you're making is you're not probably spending more dollars on fertility per bushel. You actually, as the bushels go up, your dollar of fertility, your dollar spent on fertility per bushel harvested goes down, right? Great point. Yes. But when you do it per bushel, per bushel yield, I mean, I think we're probably in, in have the a better profit margin. I mean, and that almost sounds like bragging, but I mean it we're not out here throwing a bunch of products out here to try to make. 250 bushel corn. Well, we we can't hardly make 250 bushel corn on a, on a 4,000 acre average. But we're, that's our goal. Yeah. You know, 325 is our goal on a contest. 250 is our goal on 4,000 acres of operation. <clears throat> Lane, get me out of here. You're always looking at numbers. Uh, is there anything in 2023 or looking ahead to 2024? Because you're already going with 2023 on fertility budget. All right. We talked about using agri-liquid stuff over the top and in furrow. You're using litter. Uh, that's become very popular the last couple of years when fertility, when fertilizer, commercial fertilizer expenses went up. Where's the, where's it go tomorrow? Where, where does, where does our operation? What are you going to do differently? What are you going to do differently next year? Anything? I mean, it, uh, that all depends on, you know, price of fertilizers. Like, I mean, if, if, if the price of liquid goes down to where we can match what we're making extra with liquid, I mean, we would be all liquid again next year. Uh, so, I mean, that all, that's all price driven, honestly. The economics of fertility budget. All right. Um, I think we got it. And incidentally, your usage of chicken litter, uh, everybody got popular on chicken litter two years ago. Did it get harder for you to even find it? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've been doing it for 20 years and we're really set up with a great guy, one of my best friends, but we couldn't get any extra last year. Yeah. And the sad part is today, five years ago, it was cheaper than, than synthetic fertilized. Today it's, it's, it's as expensive, if not more expensive. These chicken farmers have finally said, Hey, we know you want it yeah. and what it's going to cost. Right. <laughs> All right. Interesting discussion on fertility. Um, that's Matt Miles and Lane Miles, McGee, Arkansas. Uh, stay tuned. We'll get more about this. Uh, always we're talking about how to, to make bigger yields with uh, same or reduced expenses, or more importantly, it's not about total expenses. It's about expense per bushel, which I think is what we really hit on right there, because these guys are spending a little bit more money by changing their stuff, changing their practices, but the yields there to prove it and back it up and your cost of fertility per bushel when bushels keep going up becomes less per bushel harvested. So that's the big takeaway that I got. Till next time, I'm Damian Mason. This is Extreme Axe Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. 
Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.